Hello everyone! The clip you're about to hear is from one of our exclusive Patreon episodes on a recent horror release, and just like all of our other episodes, it might include major spoilers for said horror release, so don't listen to it if you haven't already seen it. You've officially been warned. And if you'd like to hear the full episode, just head on over to patreon.com slash horrorqueers and subscribe today. Without further ado, here is your exclusive Patreon clip. Actually, I'm going to read a different review. So this is from Robert Daniels for Polygon, who says about the reveal. The reveal turns the film's entire conceit into a disrespectful, cruel mockery of the history it's exploring. Mm-hmm. In the most heavy-handed way, Bush and Renz equate current racial oppression with the horrific crime of forced servitude, and turns the somber history of slavery into a cruel game, and their film's seeming body horror is just a masked version of ordinary violence. Yep. I just, I mean, I, I know we're building the bulk of this episode around other people's reviews, but it's just like, I feel like they're phrasing it better than I could. <laughs> oh, 100%. I mean, I think part of that is the power of the written word where you can like get it right. But also because I think that these are people who, like, I honestly can't imagine what it would be like to see a queer version of this just played out endlessly over decades of cinematic just let's re-explore the trauma over and over and over again and then you get a shit movie like this that comes out and tries to tell you that it's fancy and timely and it's going to do something and you're just like oh actually you're giving me the same old fucking shit and particularly i'm sorry maybe if this movie had to come out in 2019 we would all be talking about it differently but this is tone fucking deaf in the wake of black lives matter well, I, yes. Now, granted, it was gonna—I mean, it was gonna be released, but then COVID sure, happened. Yeah. So, uh, maybe that's just an act of God saying, "Uh, yeah, movie, you deserve this." It wouldn't have been good before, but it's especially bad after. But I do want to mention this. So, like, you and I will never know what it's like to be a black person sitting in a theater watching a slavery movie. You know, no. to watch to watch black people be beaten, raped, abused because of their blackness. The closest, but but let's say, let's make the queer version of Antebellum. The first act of this movie is us watching that opening scene of It Chapter 2 for 40 Mm -hmm. minutes. Yeah. But add in like anal raping with like broomsticks and stuff, you know? Yeah, or like the the conversion therapy sequence from American Horror Story, which is what, five minutes long? Yeah, stretch that to feature length. Yeah. So while it is not the same, that is the only comparison I have for like, even moderately trying to understand what it feels like to be a black person watching this movie or any slavery movie for that matter, really. But it's just like phrase that like that for me. I'm just like, Ooh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a hard no. And then it gets passed off. Like, well, this is just, this is entertainment and it's also educational entertainment. Like the idea that anyone would make this movie thinking that this is going to instigate productive conversation like what is it that this movie is saying about race relations in the year 2020 or 2019 but that's where the caricatures come out though because even the modern day racists in this movie they are the exact same as the racists in the antebellum time period so it doesn't say anything about racism today at all no it's suggesting that a racist is a racist is a racist, regardless of whether you're talking about 100 years or 50 and, years or present day. But I also think and it does such a disservice, though, because because 
one of the one of the big arguments that races have is especially against systemic racism is that it doesn't exist like mm-hmm. how, how is that possible i mentioned the hunt earlier and i don't want to reignite old debates that we've had if people mm-hmm. want to listen there's a whole episode on the hunt and why i didn't care for it in a different light i actually almost wonder if this movie would have benefited from more of a hunt like perspective like i don't think that you can be glib about slavery it's just not a subject that lends itself to that but this movie is so heavy-handed in its desperateness to say look at how racist white people are and look at how innocent black bodies are but then it also wants to punish the black bodies and it wants to make the white people femme fatales like i almost wonder if some kind of satirical version could have done what these filmmakers were trying to accomplish i don't know but like the way that they went about this with this reveal and then this super fucking phony climax where we're meant to revel in veronica's escape it's so bare bones right so we have like 40 minutes of the first act we have about 35 minutes of act two so it's 75 minutes it's a 105 minute movie minus five for credit so you have 25 minutes of this last act so it's the shortest of the three Mm -hmm. and it's mostly just a of course revealing the time period sure and just it's it's like it's her escape but it's not even that suspenseful. Like, I was never really for one. I mean, I guess, like, we have the whole bit where, like, Eli sacrifices himself to save her. So it's more violence against black people. But wait, Trace, you're overlooking that part where her yoga training pays off so that she can make her escape outside of her cottage without stepping oh. on a creaky floorboard. I will confess that I did write in my notes. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, God. She's spider walking out of the cottage. Yep. Yes, she was. So, yeah, I mean, she gets away. And then we have Jenna Malone, who has Rebecca Gayharted her hair, by the way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she's just going after her on a horse. 